This week's episode of One More Round. Hi Chris. Hi Glenn. Hi Stephen. Hi Glenn. Hi Gary. 75% live this week. Yeah, it's the closest we've had to a full live pod recording. Gary, you'll have to come out and join us next time. (laughs) Yeah, no no problem. (laughs) Um, So this week we'll pretty much just be talking about rugby and football because there's been so much going on with a bit of UFC at the end for Chris to enlighten us with this week. Um. But we'll start off, as always, with the question of the week. Um, so, as we all know... Uh, don't know what's going on there. <laughs> and I'm just saying, me and Chris are, are joint top right now, for all, so this one matters. You're not going to be able to cheat this week, though, because we're all, we're all <laughs> in the same room. Put that phone away, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> get, Gary, out of my hand. Gary's the only one who has the phone out, and you can get away with it this time. So, Gary, get off the mark this week. It's a bit coincidental <laughs> if he picks up his first <laughs> So... As we all know, we're playing Argentina on Sunday in the quarterfinals of the Rugby World Cup. So, oh. did you know that, Stephen? No. No? No. Okay. I hadn't heard. Right, so you might be in trouble this week. <laughs> but uh, this one's on a bit of World Cup history with Argentina. So, in 2007, Argentina finished third in the Rugby World Cup. Um, who did they lose to in the semi-final and what was the score? That oh. is the question. So, you've all got that? I got the first part. I think most people yeah. will probably get the first part of it. It's the second part is the is the kicker. Um, so, Gary, get Google out there. You've got about an hour or so to uh, get looking up the answer. Thanks, Gary, for that uh, input there. Um, so, we'll jump right into it and start off with a bit of rugby chat. Um, quarterfinals this weekend. Uh, four big games and uh, three of us are going to do them. Uh, so might as well start off with the first one that we're not going to though but uh, South Africa v Wales yeah um, Wales paying the price I think for finishing runner up in the group um, I can't, can't see them beating South Africa South Africa have gotten better since they've gone on they should have should Wales have kind of beaten Australia when they were, Australia had 13 men for 7 minutes yeah they had the chance but uh, I think as we We've kind of found out Australia's defence was pretty impressive in that mm-hmm. that period. Uh, I think Australia, the fact that they were also without um, Hooper in the back row, it's just another impressive stat that they were able to hold out, which is a, a very big, powerful Welsh side. Um, Australia look good, and, and I think um, Wales are going to find it too difficult against South Africa this weekend. It seems like Wales only had... Plan A and they didn't, they didn't like against 13 men surely they should have just, just put it out wide they should have but the, the only advantage I think Wales have this weekend is that South Africa only have a plan A and Wales defence <coughs> should be good enough to hold out they're just going to try and bully them out of the match the Welsh defence is built upon being having big players and, and making sure people don't get, get um, past the game line so in a way, so this they have game, some big players though. They do, but in and a way, they've been scoring tries in the World Cup. Like Cabana equaling the record, 
JP Peterson's got a hat trick. Like they are scoring tries as well as the kicking game. They are, but the one thing the Wales have is a good defensive line, and that's the one thing that South Africa may have trouble breaking. Now, if you, if you put a bet on it's South Africa by probably a score, but I wouldn't be that surprised if Wales were able to to hold them out. Now they might get a lot of penalties, but if South Africa score more than two tries, I'll be a little bit surprised. We've seen that Ireland have had closest to his home advantage you can get away from home will Wales have something like that down in Twickenham yeah, compared to South Africa I would certainly expect them to have more fans in the stadium than South Africa will. so that could help them some, it'll be some sort of advantage they might have But well, I would have expected the same when they played Australia last week it's a fair um, point yeah do you think they will have learned anything from playing Australia Pass the ball out wide, maybe. Yeah, another one of the big Southern Hemisphere teams. It was kind of like it was very English what they did. Like they kind of tried to bludgeon their way over instead of using the like the bit of creativity that you sometimes associate. Are we seeing the the injuries catching up with them? If they had had a full strength squad, they possibly could have done it. I was thinking like that game was crying out for someone like Jonathan Davis, like someone beside Jamie Roberts with a bit of kind of craft that could draw in the men and then go wide. Uh, yeah, they just looked like they were trying to crash the ball through. Even when Australia were down to thirteen, it was just, up the jumper side. Yeah, they it. weren't going wide where the space was. I think part of that was the injuries having lost so many backs, and part of it is just being afraid that if if they open the game up against Australia, Australia looks like Australia looks very very good going mm. forward. And I think they'll do the same thing to Africa. They'll keep it tight. They'll try and stay in it with ten fifteen minutes to go, and then hope that South Africa do something like England did against them, and and just. I do think gaps it's a similar wrong risk. decision. <laughs> yeah. It's a similar risk with South Africa. Like they have got very quality wingers, like Peterson and Habana have been at the top of the game for a long time. And if Wales do go expansive, they could play into their hands. Exactly. And if you look at what happened against Japan in South Africa's one loss, the last twenty minutes, you would have assumed that the Tier One nation would have kicked on. And when Stress went over, I think he went they went seven up. That should have been it, but they let Japan back in because their fitness wasn't at that level and if Wales can hang in and hang in you know, their bench isn't going to be very strong because they have lost so many players but if, if they can stay within the score with 15 minutes to go they can definitely call the upset I think as you said there Chris I think South Africa have learned a lot since the loss it was kind of the kick up the ass they needed they, were, they didn't come into the World Cup in good form no. and they started obviously with that kind of in mind against Japan but since then kind of it was like the, the fear was struck into them. They knew like one more mistake and we're out of this World Cup. Yeah, and they never looked in trouble in the, in the other three games. But Japan, I right, Japan. South Africa haven't closed out a big game in a long time. If you look at last year against us, they they couldn't get the points back. All throughout the rugby championship, any close game they lost. They don't know they're, they've they've lost the ability to win close matches. And I'm not sure if they have ten minutes to go. Will, will that mental issue of having lost New Zealand being up against them and the same against Australia? Oh, I did see a stat though. I think it's Warren Gatlin's record against the Tri-Nation sides. I think it's two wins out of 30. So it's not exactly what they uh, want to see because yeah. they're on the same side of the draw as New Zealand as well. So <laughs> so if they make a final, they're going well. Yeah, so looking at the next game, New Zealand v France. This is one that three of us are going to. Um Looking forward to it, I assume. Yeah. Oh, immensely. That's, it was even half the game eight years ago, and twice the game was four years ago. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great game to watch. Um, yeah, I just think that France, they, they didn't really put it up to Ireland. I expected kind of a lot more from France, to be honest, and it just didn't materialise. And I think that 
this French squad, it would be a huge shock if they can beat that New Zealand squad. I think we know now that that, that French performance was all down to the manager. And now that he's gone, <laughs> we're going to see some is fast it, flowing French rugby. Is it true that he's gone? I, I, I've heard reports and rumours that the players have kicked him out, or other things we've heard, we've heard is that um, they've had a discreet conversation with him that he'd be gone I don't know if it's after the World Cup or if he's gone now so we'll see if he's on the bench it seems to be reports it's like reports coming out of France it's reports from Sky but no actual confirmation that he's gone is is this typical France? it is it's the French players in in most I think it's four of the last six um, World Cup teams across football and rugby they've had some kind of mutiny against their coach It's, it's what the French do they I wouldn't be surprised if they show up and turn New Zealand over. <laughs> I, fine. I, I probably it. wouldn't go that I would far. love it if they beat I them. would <laughs> love it. I would be surprised if, if they turn them over, but I'd expect the performance at least 34% better than the one we saw last weekend against the Irish. No Bastro? No Bastro, he wasn't that impressive against Ireland. The one no. thing you expect him to do is to make, to make yards, and he didn't. In fairness to Henshaw, Henshaw played very well against them, and if Bastro doesn't make the gain line, then... He doesn't give you much else. Yeah, Parrot in at nine as well. The one thing, like interesting thing, is the last two World Cups these two sides have played each other. Obviously, it's one win each. But if you look at when New Zealand won the World Cup at home, how nervous they were and how close that game was. I mean, New Zealand are a much superior team to France, but there does seem to be a mental kind of like a bogey team. Maybe. I mean, not many teams have a fifty percent record at the World Cup, like in the last two against New Zealand. But they play each other. Almost every World Cup, and they have split them. I think it's Trial right now in the six matches. Is this, so is this the biggest rivalry in World Cup? It's they have had two finals against each other. France have reached the yeah. most finals without winning one, haven't they? Well, three finals, and two yeah. of them against New Zealand, but they've knocked New Zealand out in quarterfinals. They probably they probably played each other in the big games more than anyone else. I think one of you had a stat last again where they've knocked each other out of every World Cup bar bar one. Bar one yeah. Does so he mean they've they've ended each other's World Cup three times each? So this. Like, it was almost inevitable this was going to happen and purely because the All Blacks won the last one you'd be tempted to go with France but I and they've never won a World Cup they haven't hosted France haven't either though, to be fair <laughs> France haven't won a World Cup anybody's hosted <laughs> I just it, it makes sense to go the All Blacks I think the, the French will come out and like like the Welsh team they've no Expectation of winning, but I think they could still be in it with 10 15 to go. Um, at least, I suppose France have made it to finals and semi finals. Quarter final three Ireland v Argentina, the big one for all of us, obviously, and biggest game in Irish history in, in World Cups, anyway. We haven't, we haven't made it to a semi final. It is now, like we've had, we've been in equally big games and haven't got over the line, so, so now it's, it's another chance to, to kind of write make history. Yeah, I mean, we should have done it. Four years ago, we were a better, we were better side than Wales. We were a better team than I Wales, yeah. Myself and Glenn were at the, the rugby talk show during the week, and even Brian O'Driscoll and, and the Eddie O'Sullivan were saying that we were the better side, we just didn't turn up on the day. I think it was Ferris and O'Brien said they were having a conversation before, and they thought, like, I think they said they were fully focused on the game, but thoughts have gone forward to semi finals and final. Yeah, so I think there'll be more focus this time. Um, lots of injuries. For the Irish squad, although we found out today that uh, Sexton has been past fit, so he starts. Earl starts in centre as well. Gary, what do you think? Well, obviously delighted that Sexton and Earl's both playing. I think the the only surprise though is Donna Ryan not being in 
second row with Toner and having Henderson maybe at six, but you can't you can't argue with the with the team and you'd expect them to to beat Argentina. I I can understand like playing Henderson in the back row. I think if he was if he was going to be there, he'd be there at seven. I think Henry's the better six. Didn't 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 who I had a conversation with one years anyway that uh, the long term is going to be Toner and Henderson. Could well be. I mean, obviously, regardless of whether O'Connell was injured at last weekend, he this was his last World Cup. Yeah. So, so Toner ne- Toner needed a partner. So for the Six Nations, this could be the yeah going I mean, forward. The Mike McCarthy was called up, so he's not really what you want to be starting. No, I know it was Duncan Ryan was talked about it, but I suppose in the if we get through Argentina, the semi final, if we get into a semi final, chances are it will be Henderson at four, Toner at five. So. I think it was you, Chris, that was saying no point in putting Henderson in at six now and then bringing yeah. them back again. Exactly. If, you, if you're planning going forward to play three matches, which obviously we have to do, bringing them back to the back row and then moving them back to the second row again, it just, in those kind of big games, you want to have a settled team as much as possible. And if, if Henderson has played every single minute of this World Cup pretty much at five, or sorry, in, in, the, in the second row, then play him there. You can see the intent with the coaches to go with continuity like when Earls was put in the centre he stayed there yeah like he did I think this is this is third start now in the centre uh, would be yeah. Yeah, yeah so it was Romania then Italy and then France this would be number four number four or was it? it yeah so yeah because he moved in yeah in the Italy he played the first game on the wing didn't he and then he first moved in first two yeah. oh, no, for, no first one yeah, yeah. yeah he moved in yeah so yeah definitely try and make as few changes as possible yeah, it's the way forward. Um, I think it all comes down to whether he trusts Ryan in the quarterfinal or Jordy Murphy more. Oh, Murphy came on for O'Mahony in the game against France. Did well enough, like didn't yeah, didn't look out of place. The, all the all the replacements who came on kind of slotted in seamlessly. I thought that this is Murphy's been around the squad the whole time as well. Yeah, I think the best part of this is that we're not kind of in the past World Cups having lost three or four players. We'd be like, oh, can we trust this player? In this match, whereas now we're talking about, well, we can trust all of our players who are on the bench. It's just a matter of picking horses for courses or, or consistency. We're not kind of panicking here, going, "We've lost O'Connell, the World Cup's over." Yeah, which, which from Irish point of view, is very good. Is O'Brien lucky to get just one week? No, I don't think so. I don't think it should have been more than a week. It was, it was it like, I don't know, like if he, got, he could have seen like maybe getting yellow, and then that would have been it. I don't think it needed three or four week ban personally. Like I've seen players get yellow cards for a punch and that's it. There's no more uh, retrospective action. It's just done and dusted. So I don't. I think France made a big deal about it, and then obviously there was a case to answer to. But I don't think it should have been more than a week, personally. Fair enough. And just as we all know, O'Connell now has played his last game for Ireland. How can, can you put into words what he's done for Irish rugby? It's very difficult because Stephen, you're the Munster fan as well. Stephen, so come from that perspective well, as well. It isn't just O'Connell; it's a whole generation of players like O'Driscoll. Um, before him, would there there are leaders in teams who, regardless of, of their physical ability, and like O'Connell, surprisingly, as as he's gotten older, has almost gotten better, which is rare. Like, like a fine wine. Exactly, O'Driscoll was still the best thirteen we had, but he wasn't playing at his peak when he retired. Where I think it's very hard to argue that O'Connell wasn't like he was superb in in the Six Nations he was superb so far at this in the first three and a half games and he'll be a huge loss to every team like Munster 
are going to take a year or two to find anyone. They, they brought in the Australian Chisholm, I think it is, and it'll take him time, but I think just that leadership alone, like, you could argue Henderson is playing at a similar level to him in this World Cup, so on the pitch, the loss I don't think is going to be as big as we feared, but it's it's just having a leader like that. It's just... You can't put you can't put that in the words. Yeah, well, thankfully, I know he's I think he's had the operation already, and he's back in around the squad, and he's going to stick around for as long as Ireland are in the World Cup. And even just having him kind of dropping by and hanging out with the squad, and just giving the team talk, even if he wants to, or talking to him during the week, it's vital to have him around. I think. Yeah, I think it it was important for, for us to have him there, but it was important that he wanted to be. Yeah. Just a sign of the man. Like obviously, it would be very easy for him to be kind of down and kind of thinking like how his last World Cup was kind of come and gone but it's a sign of the man that he's, it's not about him it's about the team, team. exactly the team ahead of himself plus the other thing is the fact that he has a brand new team he's moving to France he could easily have gone well look I'm going to get out of here forget about the World Cup get give myself settled. yeah give myself extra time in, in France I wasn't expecting but God, he, he just too much too much of a leader to this team and it means too much to, to, to abandon them yeah just um, did you hear the news the more reports this is about a uh, Lancaster's replacement that uh, there's reports coming out from France that uh, they want Joe Schmidt I heard uh, Joe's response wasn't uh, too positive towards the position I, th- I think he's happy enough yeah. in Ireland at the moment um, too much of a step down from yeah Gary what do you think of that <laughs> there was no way it was ever, ever going to happen they can keep wanting but they're not going to get him so I think yeah look, you look at it you the double European champions against double runners up <laughs> if, if, if you said two years ago coming into an English World Cup then maybe they could have got him but not a hope now I think the fact that he's taken the Irish residency I, mean, I think he's settled, kids are settled as well now. If he, I think if he leaves us for another national team it could only be New Zealand yeah, exactly. yeah I think his only path is I've heard it's like kind of maybe the Lions and then maybe onto a club in New Zealand then onto the national team in New Zealand type thing but his son is playing now. Like one of the best things that could happen would be, I think, I think it was you that said this even was like cap his son or something like that, or get get him get him a, a contract with one of the teams here, and that could certainly uh, stipulation that your dad has to stay in charge of the national team. <laughs> yeah, you can have your you can have your dad as manager. But that would be that'd be nice for Joe to manage his son. I think if we have Schmidt in charge of the Irish team for the next twenty years, we'll do pretty damn well. Bit of a big statement there. Twenty years. <laughs> Go and defend our World Cup title a couple of times. <laughs> um, then moving on from quarterfinal three and having a look at quarterfinal four. Is this the biggest gimme of all the quarterfinals, or is that a bit harsh to say for Scotland? I think it's the team that everyone wanted to play, Scotland um, and Australia. Are many people's favourites after the the group stages. Um, well, Scotland are definitely improved under Fern Cotter. Um, they're not a gimme, but I would still expect Australia to win it comfortably enough. Yeah, I think the one thing that's come out of this World Cup for Scotland is they've looked as though they're about to make a breakthrough for a number of years, but the wins weren't coming. Now, they've got the wins in the group stages, albeit against slightly weaker teams than even the Six Nations, but they've got the wins, they've got a bit of confidence, and they could be a threat. Now, I don't think they'll do it, but at least they're coming into this full of confidence and they're going to attack Scotland, or they're going to attack Australia. And then it's a matter of if they can get an early try or two, 
can they hang on? That's yeah, the only way. The way they won winning. against Samoa was impressive. I mean, I know it's not the Samoa team of four years ago, no. but Samoa did put them under a lot of pressure, and they mm-hmm. showed that they're mentally tough enough. Samoa were ahead for yeah. a while. They came back. And from Scotland it. knew, like, if they lost, then Japan had a chance of qualifying. So they did well to to come back in that game and see it out in the end. Yeah, I think apart from the the two players that they've lost for the tip tackle, you couldn't really say. They're coming to this in best form, best mental state. They, they're ready for this. I think if Australia do look ahead the way Ireland did against Wales four years ago, there is potential for Scotland to, to be in this game. You see uh, the last three meetings between Australia and Scotland, like, it's been very close, a lot, a lot, yeah. a, a lot more than, uh, than I'd realised. Like, Scotland have won, has won one of them. and That was a horrendous 9-8. It yeah, was, yeah. In, in torrential rain. Yeah. Yeah. Back, back I, was, I was in New Zealand at the time and it was all over the radio there. <laughs> Scotland <laughs> have beaten our rivals in, uh, in their hometown. It was fantastic. And then there was two kind of... It was within a score, though, the other two victories for Australia. So, like... Yeah. It, it's not, it hasn't been like Australia have been running riot against them. Yeah, I think if you look at the, the spread, it, it's, up, it's towards 20 points. And I don't think in any quarterfinal of a World Cup you're not going to have that unless it's unless someone goes down to 14 men or or something strange happens I think Scotland will be competitive I just can't see them scoring enough points against this Australian team if Wales got 6 with it I can't see Scotland getting in, getting past 20 and Australia will score that many so I think the best hope for Scotland is to just go and attack and, and see what happens maybe yeah just like, there's no point trying to get through the first half and then Try and sneak away. I don't think you can do that against this Australia team. They're too, they're too talented, and they're too fit, and like they're the best team right now, in my opinion. So go and and hope that someone's having an off day early on, and you can maybe get an intercept try, maybe go up by 10, 13 points, and then see if again it's unlikely, but see if there is a crack in the in the Australian mentality. How good has uh, Checker been in this year? As manager, is he best in the world right now? Or has he done the best job this year? Well, he's second best he's in the world right now. Um, <laughs> we know him from Leinster, like what, what, what a job he does. Yeah. Um, I think he did okay at Claremont as well. Um, boy, yeah, it has to be yeah, Joe, double European champion at the moment, so he's the, the number one for me. But he's, he's done some some job check about turning that Australian team around. Well, like, what you've gone is like, like, I think we were all there for the first game. Of his reign against Ireland, and already there they had attacking ability. But what they've done now is completely shore up their defense. Like we scored what thirty two points on them, I think it was in that game, maybe twenty nine. But it was we scored a lot of points against them, and it wasn't that difficult. Now, granted, our defense wasn't great in the first half either, but they've gone from from being a very open team to be able to defend very well. They were very good against the All Blacks in in the Test in Australia. They've been very good this World Cup. I just you have to say he's. If, if they might even win this but if they had an extra year they probably would have come, come into this broke up favourites and I'd have them there right now to be honest it was a very nice job though in some ways for them to come into like you had this array of talent that just wasn't performing it wasn't like he had to go and find it like he had the players there it was just a case of putting it together and we know like he knows how to organise a team that's one of the strong, the best qualities he has mm-hmm. but that's you could say that about anyone going to take the French job or you said about anyone going to take the English job the talent is always there 
you still have to be able to make a team out of it. Yeah, and, well, and he's done that very quickly. I think, I think is the best. Both, both of those nations would admit that they had the wrong man in charge. Definitely, uh, from in terms of San Andre, and I think a lot of people weren't too keen on Lancaster getting the job. How much of that team was jumping on the bandwagon following the World Cup loss? Then Probably more so at Lancaster than with Saint Andre. I think France seemed to get sick of their coaches and then keep them around for a couple of years after that. Before. I, I think to be fair, if I was French, having seen them finish in the bottom half of the Six Nations four years in a row, I think I'd get pretty sick of them. But Lancaster, no one was happening with the six months ago when England were one try away from, from winning the Six Nations. People were talking about them winning their home World Cup. This is going to, I think this a lot of this people jumping on the bandwagon because England bottled it again. I actually do think Lancaster's a decent manager. I do. I think he's from what he took over, how he changed the the arrogance. He team. brought a lot of youth through as well. Like the, he did. like the, the squad he inherited to what he has. He said, Cheka ha, like had all the players out of Australia. He's he's uh, Lancaster's brought through like all those young bath lads. They're all coming through Watson, Joseph, all this sort of stuff. Farrell uh, Ford. Farrell Ford. Like he's done. I think he's done a very good job. He's done. He's, a, he's, he's done a future for though. I think he's he's made some big mistakes at key times. I think. Would you keep World Rob Shaw selection? as captain? <laughs> I would personally. <laughs> I, I'd keep him there as captain for as long as he wants. As an Irish fan, yeah. yeah. Um, no, <laughs> I think the whole Nick Easter thing as well to keep him out for so long, and then the nine, the come help me call comes in when when the side's struggling, and then Nick Easter goes and scores a hat trick and shows like he's still capable of playing. Gonna fuck you to. Uh, to Lancaster at the end it was, it was probably the only better way of doing it than to hang up the phone when Stuart <laughs> rings him to go and play and play as well as he did true um, yeah like you say he has done some good things but I think some of the selections have been questionable and I suppose yeah like I think why did. drop forward for Farrell that sort of stuff yeah, Burrows the panic yeah. I think um, is, is the problem that after that first game the panic set in and it's like second game well, after the Fiji game, he dropped forward. Um, I think so. Oh, well, yeah, they hadn't even played Wales last Friday, yeah. And to and to completely change your tactics based on one injury to a player who, like Joseph, is a very good player, but they weren't building their entire attack around him. So I think he got he panicked. I think that that probably would got him the job. The type of change as well, like. Joseph's a very quick, explosive player. He likes ball in hand. But they had Slade. And that's yeah, the that, that's, that's the change they could have made. But yeah. they, they just go for this big brute that they're just going to try and like barge through the midfield without any kind of creativity. Yeah, to be fair, if they held on and won by 10 points, no one would have... People would have, would have turned around and they were 10 points up. People would and turn around they and were say, in positions to win the game. Like they, they exactly. were but in the attacking positions. Then they didn't have the right players to capitalise on them. That, that's the, the problem. But the problem came with people all giving about the Burgess call, but they were 10 points up when Burgess left the field. So if the English team had been able to just defend for the last 15 minutes, that call would have been right. But, or if Chris Robshaw had a brain, he, they probably would have, as in, if they'd won either, either one of those games, they'd have bonus points to make the quarters. We were talking about them now playing South Africa and potentially making the semi. So, while some of it falls to Lancaster I think a lot of it has to fall to the players absolutely it's not, I'm not signalling him out he made his mistakes but the players he were in the positions themselves and they just couldn't take advantage of it yeah. more so against Wales I think you know, against Australia they were outplayed they, they lost to the better, yeah. better team there yeah. Yeah, that's, they got really well it's hard to know now but I can't see how he would have set up the team differently that could have actually beaten Australia or 
Australia were just the better team on that day. They're, they're yeah. the best team of the World Cup so far. So, uh, Gary, call the four semi finalists. Um, I'll go. I go Wales, France, Ireland, and Australia. <laughs> oh, who's going for a brave one with the French? Wales, France, and Australia. So you, that's three of them. And Ireland. Ireland. No, and Ireland. Yeah, and Ireland. Yeah, I have yeah. that. I I went for that in a bet purely because the odds were good. I <laughs> I can't see both Wales and France winning. I personally, I'd like them both to win, but I think one of them will cause an upset. I think it's more likely to be Wales. So I'm going to go Wales, New Zealand, Ireland, Australia. Chris? Um, Australia, Ireland, South Africa, New Zealand. Safe bets. All the way. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that one as well. The three. South Africa <laughs> will beat New Zealand in the semis and we'll play them in the final. Is that is that changed from your predictions at the start? No, I still pre- I did predict South Africa Ireland final, but the quarters is slightly different than I had. I think yeah. you had Australia. No, no, no I think I, I, I said Australia. <coughs> With you, it's Australia. Yeah. Um, okay. Very good. Anyone else want to bring up anything about rugby before we move on? Come on, Ireland. Come on, Ireland. Find <laughs> <laughs> out, find out tonight. Cannot wait. What more need to be said? Yeah. Uh, I suppose are we going to the semi-final final yeah we're on the lookout for tickets as we speak yeah so if anybody has any and wants to sell them to us <laughs> well give them, give them to us <laughs> just just in exchange us. we will give you one ticket for the New Zealand France quarter final at Cardiff tomorrow night <laughs> one more round pod thank you <laughs> <laughs> um, so moving on to a bit of football chat now and um, I suppose before talking about the premiership that returns this weekend We've got uh, the Euros. We know what's happening. We, we know the playoff te- the teams are in the playoff now. So, uh, how do we rate Ireland's chances? Well, congratulations to those England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. But uh, it's just left for Ireland now to squeeze in. And what do you think of our playoff chances? It'll be tough. I think looking at the four teams we can get. I think the best bet is probably Hungary. The toughest is Croatia in them. Or no, Sweden. Croatia, Hungary, Bosnia, Bosnia, and Sweden. No, it's the uh, the Ukraine. It's Ukraine, it's Ukraine Bosnia. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah, not Croatia. But then it, 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 Sweden. Yeah, no. the Hungary will be the, of the pick. Latin. I mean, we've done okay against Sweden in the past. But yeah, you just like you said, you don't want to come against Latin. Yeah, but I think he's their only kind of player they have that's anyway decent. Oh, what a player! Oh, what a player! <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's like Paul Lewandowski probably. Mm. Exactly. If you look at those four, how is he? He looked fairly hurt at the the weekend. Very sore from all those. Yeah, I've I've heard reports that he could be out for a while. From all those <laughs> full body all cast, those, yeah. from all those falls. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, Shane Long is out for a while. Will he be back for uh, for our qualifying game? What did they say? Six weeks out. I've heard I've heard reports for two weeks. I've heard reports for two months. It's well, one thing come off the bench twenty five minutes ago. I don't mind. Kind of repeat against Germany, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. He doesn't score when he starts, but he scores when he comes off the bench. So, if you have Kyo or Keane to wear teams out for the first hour and then... But there, there is logic behind that, because Long's best attribute is his pace. And obviously, tiring defenders and him coming on with fresh legs. That's kind of a super soul yeah. at this stage, is he? Yeah, no, Probably wouldn't like to be seen at that, but I think he's, he's that at his club as well now. And yeah. Unless he's going to move to a smaller team, that's what, what he's going to be. The problem is for Ireland that we don't need a super sub. We need someone to fill Keane's shoes, and we don't have that person yet. Kel isn't good enough. Walters 
isn't the type of player we want. There's no one to fill that. Walters can do a job, though. Oh, don't get me wrong. Very effective. Watching against him and O'Shea now, both of them would miss him for the first game. Oh, Walters was superb against Germany. Like, he was... There was a few of them, but him, Christy, um, McCarthy was very good. Hulham was very good at holding the ball. He, he'll be a loss, but he doesn't give you much creativity apart from flick on. So. And an aerial threat. It's the Irish game. It's the Irish way. <laughs> yeah, it is true. <laughs> but I'd say you can find somebody to do that job for one game. Clinton um, Morrison scored an unbelievable goal there last weekend. You know, bring him back. Is he still available for Irish? He's still Irish. <laughs> He never sounded very Irish, to be fair. <laughs> he was obviously from the sunny part of our country. Definitely. Like uh, Zebo. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, uh, how come you haven't got the, the le- legendary tan from the country? Um, because I don't have French parents. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, was one of the shock teams that didn't qualify? It would be um, uh, Holland. What happened to see Van Persie's lovely own goal? Oh, it was a peach. He's back to his best. Um, is this is the Van Persie that's been linked with a move Barcelona. to Barcelona? Yeah, yeah. what's yeah. going on there? I don't know. That's his agent getting a lot of money. I'd be um, surprised. He seems very happy in those, uh, those <laughs> little videos. <laughs> I've seen the only man shaking his hand along yeah. the way just stares at him. Yeah, alright. Or the... Uh, it's the El Rondo, isn't it, where you're with one in the middle and you have to try and chase the ball down. Like, he's giving it all he has, like in fairness to him. Uh, to be honest, I think it's it's very hard to predict that, that Dutch team. If you can get them... In a way, it's very like the French rugby team. If you can get them on board and playing as a team, they'll always be one of the best because they produce one of the best players in the world. But the mental strength and, and the, the ability to build a team just doesn't need to be there. I have no idea how Van Hal did it because he seems to be struggling a little bit to do it at Old Trafford right now but like Hiddink came in was gone Blind took over lost three from four I think the I think international age, it's probably age Van Hal though it's like much tighter more tactical yeah he, did, he can win games 1-0 a lot easier than he can at, at the club I think if you look at the players they seem to have a, a lot of young potentially very talented players and a lot of old pretty much past the players I think they're going to have to throw away half their squad rebuild for the next championships and I wouldn't be surprised if in two and a half years they're back they'll they could even top their group for the World Cup and be contenders again but they need to get rid of, of the Deadwood the Van Persies maybe the Robins if it's maybe a little bit too early for him but they have to get rid of half their squad bring in the new talent because there's always going to be Dutch talent so Ajax or Inc see what their academy is doing Ajax PSV and Feyenoord are all producing players right now like they're all being bought people like Depay if you can mature and and just be more consistent be interesting to see who gets the job now obviously Koeman has come out and said he doesn't want to he's staying on Blind is staying on yeah I think Blind should stay if he gets the choice but he took over halfway through a campaign I think it's very difficult for any manager to come in and change the losing mentality Dick Advocate's available (laughs) <laughs> you need, need to tell his wife that he's done the football yeah, now they're going to have to buy his wife a lot of flowers but you never know did you see I saw a stat there during the week that the team that finishes third in the World Cup have it was only I think it's like since since 66 or 70 the last 6 or 7 teams have finished third in the World Cup or the Euros I think it is no it's, it's, it's the, it, I think it's 8 of the 
the last 10 only Germany have booked the trend but the team who's finished third in the World Cup have failed to qualify for the next European Championships and only Germany have uh, booked that trend it's a strange sack because two years or even less it takes from the end of a World Cup to the end of the qualifying of European Championships is a year and a quarter you'd think there's no logical reason for that to happen but when I heard that stat it was like you're going to have to think back and think yeah, because Holland and... I'm thinking Uruguay made it. Uruguay are the European... They would count, so no. it's only the European team yeah. finished third. Turkey would have finished third. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, think, uh, I think Sweden did it one year. That was probably before my time. Oh, that was... Was that 94? Yeah, it could have been, yeah. Yeah. In the U- yeah, I think it was 94 in the US. Um, yeah, Turkey, I think... Um, was it Croatia or Czech Republic did they finish third in one of the World Cups but Czechs got oh, to the Euro 96 final the Croats 98 Croatia 98 there yeah so they were one of them as well Croatia actually dumped Germany out of that I think could well have yeah and so they didn't qualify for the next one so yeah um I think Germany failed to get out of the group in '98. I think, quite possibly. Um, so, can Ireland qualify for France? Are we going to France 2016? Is that our, is that our summer holidays next year? I suppose we're, we're hoping we get hungry, as Stephen said. And so, can we qualify? We can. I said we could the last time you asked. And you did. So now, now, now that we've now we know who our four potential opponents are, we find out on Sunday who we get. I, to be honest, I'm more optimistic than I was two months ago. But obviously, that comes on the back of beating Germany. Germany yeah, that yeah. helps. I still don't think in any of the four games we'd be favourites. I think Hungary is probably a coin toss. Um, Bosnia have Jeko. Yeah, that that'd be a tough away. Sweden, trip. yeah, Sweden have Zlatan, and then the Ukraine. They've a couple of good well players. Yarmolenko. Yeah, yeah. They've, they've got they've got more talented players. Than you, so I think. Regardless of who we played, it would be an uphill battle. But I'd say, but having, having been at, at the Aviva last week, we can create an atmosphere at home that, that, can, that could scare I think that could be a sellout now. I think the support is there behind the nation at the moment. I think, yeah, purely from people coming back from the World Cup in rugby and then people who want to experience something like what happened last week against Germany. Yeah. I think that, like, when the team have shown like we were in a tough group there's no doubt in that now like Scotland could just as easily be in the third place now Poland could have been third and we could have got second like it, it could have it could have fallen so many different ways um, so I do think when the team are kind of if you see the team are trying so hard the team are putting in the performances that they are there thereabouts the fans will get behind them. it's when they're playing crap that it's when there's 25,000 in Viva but it will sell out if we're putting the performances in if, if we're there if, if it's a game that if we win this we have a good chance of going through they'll turn up I believe it's the first leg is it because we're not seeded yeah I'm guessing it's the first leg so yeah if we, if we show I disagree with the whole seeding of the playoff thing as well I don't, oh, think, it, I don't think it should be seeded it's, it's ridiculous either way at least we know about it this time around true yeah, it's been just thrown yeah. at us but, but like I think that's ridiculous like what's the point of this kind of, it, it should be the, it was seeded for the yeah, kind of you've been seeded once yeah so why, why does it have to do it again so I, I think that's a bit of a joke it is completely but, um, um, but it's, it's all about the money so it's get the bigger teams into the tournament is what, is what you ever want bigger teams like Holland yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's enough uh, international talk move on Premiers is back 
Normally, normally, like, because we're so shit in international football, like, <laughs> I really hate it. It's been, it's been kind of good this week. We kind of beaten the world champions and kind of have something to look forward to against the polo game. But it's always good to have Premiership back, isn't it? Yeah, I wouldn't mind. Like, if we could have like when international football is on, we still get our club football. You just get both. Would not be a lot poorer? No. Yeah, we. I think. Although from from our point of view, hard to tell the difference, but. The most for, for, for the teams we follow I mean of all they're gone on international duty no, I just think make them play two matches make them play, make them play. <laughs> so play on the Friday night and pop over on Saturday then, Absol- yeah. absolutely <laughs> I mean you've seen a few of the rugby lads had to do short turn DTH so. is playing tonight against Leinster now after starring for Canada made a lot of people's team at the group stages that's two World Cups in a row and he's done very well first ever uh, tier 2 player to score in all four group games so, really? yeah yeah so he's been very good. He was very impressive at the last World Cup. And he just kicked on. Um, well, right now, if you could list the top five tier two players in the world, he he'd be in the list. He'd, he'd the Japanese second row. It. What's his name? The Fijian winger. Fijian. Naholo. Yeah, the Japanese second place for Glasgow. Hakamura. Yeah, Kobe. Kobe. he had the most. Yeah. I think he made the most meters. Had the most offloads. Did all sorts. Yeah. Uh, but then, like he's Georgian captain. He's quite good. Yeah, 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 got a man on a match against New Zealand. Probably shouldn't have, but he got it. He looked absolutely. He was. That's a career moment. Yeah, that's kind of his career yeah. moment. Um, but twelve forty-five game. Spurs live with clap, clap for clap, <laughs> clap for clap, cop for the cop. Yeah, what do you think, Chris? Will you start with a win? No Liverpool managers done in the last last five years. Managers have all struggled. Yeah, but we have beaten Spurs in our last five games against them. So all things coming up fives. Five times. Um, so, yeah, I think he had a little bit of time, which is good. Not, he, not got him a best start with injuries. Yeah, I think the, the Ings injury more so than the Gomez when Gomez had lost his place. Ings was finding a little bit of form. He'd scored in the Merseyside Derby, but I suppose the, the blessing we have now is that Sturridge is back. And you only have two strikers now this weekend, though, don't you? So Sturridge and Origi. Um, yep, that's correct. You only need one. Sturridge <laughs> score. Yeah, well, <laughs> if he can kick on and stay fit. The good thing is that Klopp took over on the Sunday after... Of, well, he didn't, sorry. Rogers went on the Sunday and Klopp was in by Friday. Friday. Yeah, so he did have a week. And Daniel Sturridge wasn't away on international duty, so he was able to... To work with him and a few others. So it's a nice time for the manager to start. He had the time to prepare. It's, it's the ideal time. If you're going to make a change mid-season, do it in an international break. Yeah. The, I mean, like he didn't have the whole squad to work with, but he had a fair few of them. And any, any time a manager gets to his team can't be bad. Yeah. Um, so you're confident then? I think so. I think it, it's going to be a close enough game. I can see us maybe winning a 2-1. I mean, usually when a manager takes over... You do get that little initial burst, the boost, and then like Klopp's not just any manager; he's he's the quite normal a good manager, one. the normal one, the normal one. Yeah, I think most people would admit he he did a decent job at Dortmund, and he'll probably get a re- big reaction of players that know they were underperforming for Rodgers. So, a big statement from Klopp saying he'll win the title in was it four years? Four, four years, years yeah. or he'll be off to Switzerland. So I'm gonna hold him to that. Do you think? Do you believe he can do it? I think he can. I mean, See, I think in Dortmund he only had Munich really to overhaul. He's got well, a there's lot of, Schalke there as well. Schalke do have a lot of money, right? And there's and there's also, Schalke, there's, let's say Wolfsburg are there now. Right? 
But what I'm saying always up and down. There, there's the non-consistent. In Germany, there was the one big team, which was yeah, Munich are by far the biggest team. I will. Whereas in England now, he's got four, five teams to overhaul. But I would say there was yeah. definitely, definitely two and probably three teams with bigger budgets and bigger wage bills than him. At bigger budgets, yeah, but not necessarily better teams. They don't perform consistently. No, but if they, that's what he's going to have to do at Liverpool, he's going to have to work with less money. Than United, City, and Chelsea. But I think the difference is, as I said, they weren't necessarily better teams. Whereas I think Liverpool are the fifth best team in the country right now, Even compared to Dortmund, yeah. which could have been second or third. Klopp had the target Munich, and that was he had come up with a system that was beat Bayern Munich, and by doing that, that's how he would win the league. One system isn't going to be enough because you you have to beat the, like, the City twice United. a year to Chelsea, Man City, and United, and still win the league. So of he doesn't he need to figure out a way to beat those teams. But to, but to win trophies in England, he'd have to beat those teams. What I'm saying is, he does have to overcome. All I'm saying is, like, I think he's an. I love him as a manager. I think he's a great person, great for the league. Yeah. But I think that it is going to be that bit tougher than just overtaking no, only overtaking Bayern Munich. But overtaking, but you've got City, Chelsea, United, Arsenal, uh, and you're probably fighting with Spurs at fifth spot at the moment as the. And and that's no dig at Liverpool. That's just no, no, that's fair. That's had the level of the teams. Up. So it will be a good reflection to see the actual playing each other this weekend. The stats tend to indicate that you finish in the league in terms of how you spend or how much money you spend. Yeah. So as in Liverpool have the fifth highest wage bill, and you would say they're the fifth best yeah. team in the league. So the challenge for Klopp is to get the fifth highest wage bill to finish. Top four or even top one as he's aiming. I think they've got him in early enough so top four is a realistic target for him this season. If he doesn't get it now, don't Liverpool fans shouldn't be like up in arms and say get him out again. But I think he probably has to get top four next season by by then. Like how many points are you off top four right now? Not is it much. Three, four. Oh, yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. It's a, not a big leap, serious. and it's, it's and eight games into the season. There is also the possibility that. He does have European pedigree. He's been to a Champions League final. He could target the Europa League to and get into the Champions, Champions League, League yep. through there. But like, he doesn't need us to tell us that. He knows, of he course, knows what he needs to do, and but the he'll is, be looking at the squad and probably identifying where he thinks he's got a better chance. If that was, was coming in and taking over at Chelsea, you'd think, all right, there's a big gap to close already. But Liverpool are not, are not that far behind. Do you think Liverpool sacked Rodgers in the fear that Chelsea might have gone from? Uh, I did hear that story I'm not sure it could be true I think Rodgers was on borrowed time before the season kicked off he was but I, I still think that that's a mistake by the Liverpool board then they shouldn't have given him the money to spend possibly not but the, the fact that McAllister and O'Driscoll were brought, both brought in on one year deals yeah. was a bit of an indication that they, they was almost like right you're in but we kind of we know Rodgers what, what, what would he have had to have done would he have to be top of the league at this stage to be no, I, think I just think he would have had to do better I, and performances as well. So, like the loss to United probably didn't help him and stuff. Didn't help. The, not just losing United, but the way they played yeah, was, yeah. was awful. Was, yeah, watching that game at no stage were you fearful? You know, the Liverpool team. You know, they were piss poor in the first half, but they they, 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 they didn't need to be exactly. Yeah. Glory. And I think it's selections. Like a lot of the selections have been poor. Um, just the way like Brendan seems. I think he kind of was trying too hard. Like he was coming up with these mad formations that just weren't working like putting players out of position square pegs into round holes he's also unlucky that like some of his best players have left the club as well he is but there was a lot of money to spend to there bring was. in players and yeah. if you look at Lalana hasn't really done it Markovic who I think has potential but he's let him go out on loan again yeah. um, Elori 
I've heard great things about him. He seems to be the type of player that would suit Rogers' game, like pacey centre half that can play on the ball. Hasn't got one game for us, and now he's gone off to Villa. Um, yeah, I think he's brought in too many players that haven't worked, or he's then decided he doesn't like. Yeah. So I think it, as well as the performance, it's the money he spent and the lack of impact from those players he's brought in. Um, yeah. So moving on then, two managers that I suppose are under a bit of pressure at the moment. Villa have had their worst start to a season in. 30 odd years I think and Mourinho Chelsea have had Chelsea have had a quite a bad start as well so um, it's the worst start of defending champions have had so Chelsea Villa Chelsea should see this one too this is, we, get, we, say, we said this every week that Chelsea should get back on track kind of could this be the week to do it Ivanovic injured gone back, that's a blessing in disguise for Chelsea <laughs> are we finally going to see uh Baba Ratman play get a yeah, start. Yeah, maybe, maybe, but like, because Ivanovic has been awful this season, but he's one of Mourinho's guys, so to speak. And Mourinho also, if he isn't the only one who's been bad, I don't think you can blame all this. No, Ivanovic. he's dropped others, but he hasn't dropped Ivanovic. Well, I think because he thought Ivanovic is is that stable seven out of ten guy. He hasn't been for a couple of weeks, and you stick with him as long as you can. And now they've had two weeks to work. Um, Whatever defensive formation they come up with now, they've, they've had time. Terry wasn't with England. Um, I don't think any of are any of the other centre backs playing in national duty. So they've had time to work on a new defensive structure, and we'll see if, if like I said, at home Villa, they'll they will concede one to Gestad if he starts, but <laughs> that's just inevitable. Um, I Chelsea should win this, but they've also they should have beaten West Brom. They. Should have beaten Southampton. There's quite a few teams they should have beaten this year, and they haven't. So they should win. If they do, it's, it doesn't indicate a comeback. It just means they're playing a pretty poor Villa team. Yeah, fair point. See, Mourinho got fined fifty grand for his comments after the Southampton game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And yeah. he's not happy with that. I don't kind of blame him as much. Like you can't say anything. Like we as fans want to hear managers come out and talk fairly about the game. And, I don't think he was right in this one. I mean, Falcao dived, as yeah. far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like, the, the keeper doesn't make contact, but Falcao's already dived by the time the keeper makes contact. Yeah. Um, I don't know if Mourinho knew that. It was just like he kind of committed to it, so he kept going. Um, but yeah, in general, like I'm happy when managers come out and talk honestly about the game, and it's a shame yeah. that officials aren't held accountable for their actions although in this instance he made the right call well, he, the ref was yeah. right and it, see, I, don't, I don't see the problem with a man talking but I think, I think because the official was right I think Mourinho could someone should have told him beforehand that he was right and maybe then go ahead fi- find them but if the official was in the wrong I think the manager should be allowed to speak his mind so I think that's when I don't think the manager should be fine in this instance Mourinho was wrong so Find him. So if you're wrong, like he had time, someone could have told him the match would have been over. I know it's only, I know it's the heat of the moment afterwards. Yeah, it's just, it's entertaining. Like I don't see a problem with it. Like, why can't he talk his mind? Like, but it's like that. It doesn't matter whether or not the ref was right or wrong. Mourinho needed to deflect again, so he deflected. Seven minute round. No one's talking about how poor Chelsea were against Southampton. This is what he does. It's. It, it, it's been Carnero. It's been defence. It's been referees. It, it's Abramovich. He'll pick a new target every week along with Chelsea aren't performing. It's, it's just getting boring. Is that good management? Well, Louis was blam- blaming the cook, wasn't he, for the... He, he blamed <laughs> everybody, including Mike the cook. <laughs> Poor Mike. 
Yeah. <laughs> You've mentioned Louis. So United are away at Everton. This, this for me now, I've always kind of, I don't like this fixture. Everton always nope. seem to kind Never of have put it Like, Everton, some, some weeks they, they can be fantastic. And I, I always think when United roll into Goodison, they turn up and the crowd will get really into this one as well. It, it's up there, I think, for Everton as big as kind of, not as big as the Liverpool game, but the crowd are always well up for it. I, I always have images of a like big dunk kind of scoring a few goals against us and in, in, down on one end and I, I just think I always yeah, I always yeah. fear this fixture I know like before Flamey joined us he scored the winner on the opening day against us here yeah, um, I, think so. I think the last two games have they been 3-0 and 3-1 as in they've beaten us comprehensively mm. yeah we got both in the last two times yeah. so we Moises don't have the last game charge wasn't it mm, yes possibly. possibly and then I think and then that, that like last last season then they it was 3-1 and it was Lukaku by half time I think it yeah, was yeah, they're just to the so game last I week. always think they're up for this game but uh, so I, I think with, yeah I, mean, I think they're coming with some decent form they're, they're getting players back now, so it looks like Coleman could be back in uh, Stones uh, Morales is back Lukaku is looking up for it at the moment he's on form yeah. I think and then United kind of wear on a run lost to Arsenal 3-0 and now it's kind of a the international win I don't know if that was a good thing for United or if they wanted to jump straight back into it's it it's a good thing for United but for Blind in particular he can be be full of confidence right now having played against, in, in that against the Arsenal team would he well, start well, Jones and with, Jones is fit now he didn't get called up for English he had the two weeks to kind of or the, the international break to kind of because he was back on the bench for the last game against Arsenal I'm not, I'm not sure he does I'm not sure Van Hal likes Jones I don't think he's fully really trusts him Rojo, if he's fully fit and, and he's mentally there because he's been, he hasn't been mentally there for a while, then you might see Rojo coming in, but it's more likely to go left back. And then. Yeah, because Ashley Young was targeted against Arsenal at, at that kind of left full back position. He's not a defender. He, sh- he should never play there unless you're really, really stuck. He can play there when things are going well for you now yes. because he is good going forward. He is good going yeah, forward. I think it's, it's, it's in those tough games, like against Arsenal, who have quality players that. You need to put some in there who can defend. There's the thing with Darmian on the left and then Valencia on the right, but I still don't think Valencia's a right back. He's nope. more he's better defensively. But Darmian's looked a bit dodgy in the last couple of weeks. Like he hasn't been as strong as he was when he, he first almost it almost like he has a mistake in him, but not every game, but kind of every two and a half games maybe or something he has a mistake in him. But while they were settled, he was near flawless. He was, yeah, but but I suppose when you come under pressure it's when the players need to step up. Yeah, but it can't be easy, new country new language and, and the defence isn't settled he's probably making mistakes because he doesn't know what's going on around him because no one else seems to being moved to left back as well wouldn't help yeah it's no. not going to help him obviously yeah, he's, he's an out and out right back so yeah that, that doesn't really help him um, how do you see this game going? very tough you know um, I'm trying to remember what I predicted I think I've gone for two all draw I went three two yeah our defence isn't looking very good, but Martial Hattrick, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Martial Hattrick, yeah. Um, another Manchester club, City, they, they seem to have lost a few players with injuries, Aguero, Silva, that sort of stuff. Um, not looking good for my fantasy football with Aguero out, but uh, we'll more of that later on. But they're at home to Bournemouth, you'd like to think they'd still have enough. Yeah, I think it's it should probably still be comfortable for them. Um, if they had a, a big kind of foresight it'd be a different case because Boney just hasn't really done it for him but I think he'll get a good few chances in this game and may help him get some confidence yeah. Sterling De Bruyne Navas should, should be enough against his yeah yeah is back I think he's doubtful still 
as a, a, along with company and Silva. So if if Oliver are missing, you never know. Burma could go there and Burma could have their injuries, injury they concerns of their own anyway. Um, yeah, well, Wilson, but they did. Um, one of the defenders I think is out now as well the guy uh, they signed from Palace Glen Murray yeah. did score yeah he did he get did it. I told you he came out during the week there and said um, that he's blaming the pitches on uh, all these ACL injuries now because though Wilson has one now Gomez Ings, Gomez Ings they're saying it's, they're saying there's a lot more than coming out and it's because of the pitches too hard the pitches themselves or the pitches they train on I'm, I'm, not, I'm not quite well, they were all in game injuries I think were they no Ings was an injury Ings came back from England duty and he took part in training and then he broke down so they're not sure if he if he already had it and it just kind of triggered it or if he picked it up because Gomez I think was wild was a wild yeah, playing and then and Wilson was wild playing as well so I'm not sure if it's the training pitches or, or you can or see with the Wilson one as well he kind of was it hurt him for a while and then he got up and played on and they just kind of collapsed with no one around him yeah that, that's always the worst mm-hmm. sign isn't it someone collapsed with nothing around them um, but as I said I think City probably should have too much. Yeah, they should. Three much, according to two, my predictions. Three much. Two, three <laughs> zins. <laughs> three nil. Yeah, yeah. um, I think without Aguero, they might struggle to score three, four, five, but they should win at home. Yeah. Um, another one of the top teams there, Arsenal, uh, away at Watford. Uh, Wenger wasn't too happy with Chile for playing Sanchez for full 90 minutes in both their games. Tough. But yeah, tough, exactly. I know, I know, I know uh, Pellegrini wasn't happy that company played, but the international managers kind of. Or Aguero. Or Aguero, or Silva. <laughs> it's qualifying for a World Cup, in, in their case. It's the. It's, and probably the toughest competition they play in, as in qualifying for. from, from the it's, it's the equivalent of an international league they play, you yeah, know? Yeah. It's not a qualifying. And there are no easy games. Like, no. They, they, five of the top 10, 12 teams in the world are that, so you yeah. have to play them. It's, any obviously no one likes their players being come back tired or, or even worse injured but and you'd say like it's what it's the top five that go through isn't it it's top four it's and one top, 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 top four in the playoff Brazil and Argentina and then you've got Colombia and Chile are kind of third and fourth place playing and then Uruguay exactly Uruguay just yeah. after so it's not like Chile are give, like guaranteed Chile are kind of vying for third and fourth yeah. more often than not yeah yeah, it's a fair point. Maybe not anymore. I think having won the the Copa last year or oh. this year. I think you would still say that Brazil and Argentina, Argentina are the better. top two teams in that. If you look at the players available, I think it's, it's probably a, t- a top three with Chile right now of the current generation. I don't yeah. know historically it wouldn't be, but I think <laughs> if you were picking a team with say either Brazilian players or Argentinian players in Chile. You would have more Brazilian or Argentinian than Chile players. So. Sure. But maybe as a team, they're functioning better. But yeah, that's that's definitely fair. Like you could, they showed at the last World Cup when they um, against Holland and Spain. Yeah. You don't need the best players to uh, to do the best in the group. I mean, they had the best team by far in, in terms of playing together and working as a team. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Um, any other? Premier League games you want to talk about or we move on and talk about um, what's going on with the F- or with FIFA I think we've, uh, we've covered all the important Premier League games, <laughs> all, all the big games there. <laughs> I mean, Steve, Stephen will be looking forward to discussing the Watford game but I think that can wait for a week no, well, that is the Arsenal game um, <laughs> I, it should be Arsenal um, he got out the score Arsenal scored 3-4 then again when Arsenal are on form that's when they throw wobbly so 
Watford by three goals. But yeah, so then what about what's going on with FIFA? I see that the FA have suspended their support for, for Platini. Up until the up until the case is heard, it, it's it's it looking more. I think everyone always knew that bladder and vacuum were corrupt, but that many people weren't sure about for a while. And now it looks though he's corrupt as the rest of them. Um, interesting to see what comes out of this. As in, who takes over? Do UEFA take over at FIFA? If FIFA still exists in as a down current in its own current structure, it's it's just too hard to predict where this is going, where it'll end up. Like it could take years to get this sorted out. With the Swiss um, investigation, the US investigation with the FBI, it's too early to tell what happens, whether at Qatar 2022, who runs the whole FIFA bandwagon. It's, but I just got some breaking Rugby World Cup news. Australia just named their team, and there's no David Pocock or Israel Folau. Oh. So that could be big oh. news for Scotland. And He's not resting no more. Rest. Yeah, that's... Uh, it says they've been ruled out. Injury blow. Okay. Oh, Scotland have Pocock just. Pocock uh, calf and Falau ankle. Is this is this Australia saying they're injured just so they're not insulting Scotland by resting them? <laughs> <laughs> I would have asked them to do it to not insult Scotland by saying they're injured, but realistically they're keeping them fresh for oh. the semis. Yeah, well, would not... you re- would you really risk um, dropping two of your players just for mind games? No, I don't think he meant mind games. I just think he meant like he, they think they have enough, so they're going to give them a rest, but just out of kind of respect for Scotland to say they were injured. Yeah, no, but Falao would be huge miss for them. Yeah, I, I have to say, I think if they were available, they'd play. Oh, yeah, so maybe, maybe there are maybe slight injury concerns that if it was against New Zealand, they'd play, kind of, but because of Scotland, they don't. Yeah. Maybe, um, maybe, but yeah, it's it's a big it's still call. two big players. You think Scotland will have their tails up now when they hear that news, when they see that team sheet? I know they're missing a few of their players now from the tip tackle on that, but uh, that's not a, not two of that quality. No, no, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, just uh, back to the football there. Um, <laughs> how do you think Big Sam will do with Sunderland? Uh, I think he will get them a one-all draw. <laughs> one-all <Yeah>. draw. <laughs> Looking more long term, I think. If anyone's going to keep them up, it's going to be him. I'm not sure that team has enough quality. If he can kind of get maybe 10 points between now and, and January and then go and spend some money, with it, he does know how to bring in players that don't cost that much but are fitted for the purpose of kind of survival and battling, maybe he could do a job. I think if he... They have the same touch. Yeah, they're, I think if, if they're... They're five within, points off. Yeah, if they, if they stay within five... And get to January, I think he could do it. Yeah, like, like you said, there are very few managers better equipped to do that job. They do have some talent there, people like Kadamo, like Lend, like... Defoe, if if you can get them playing again. Yeah, they have enough to get them to Christmas. But they will need to... to yeah. will, will, like, Ellison all back them at Christmas and give them funds? I to. would have assumed that was part of the discussion before he took the job. Sam probably wouldn't yeah. have taken it without it. Especially with the money from the TV deals. Yeah, maybe get 15 to 20 million. But with yeah. someone like Sam, he could get five players with that. Yeah. And five Premiership quality players that could do a job from. I wouldn't be surprised if maybe Kevin Owen was one of the. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah, yeah. Bring him back in. Bring him back. But uh, but not Andy Carroll after uh, listening to his uh, his thoughts on him. What was that? That he could be one of the best strikers in the league, but he doesn't take it seriously enough. And he thinks he would start for England if he was fit all the time. 
but he could he could take the next step if he applied himself more that isn't harsh or insulting that's basically I think that's kind of just giving him a real bit of Mm. just that apparently he's very casual in life he looks it and gets gets himself into a few tricky situations off the pitch (laughs) as well yeah maybe Sam could be a very good man reform yeah, I, I kind of. Did he have? Was he having? Did he have him at Newcastle when he was there? He, I'm not sure if he had him at Newcastle. He definitely signed him for West Ham yeah. on loan, and then permanently he was hampered with injuries. But I thought when we signed him, um, I was very excited. Like I know we overpaid for him, but <laughs> the year, <laughs> the year before, I remember Newcastle beating. I think Newcastle beat Chelsea, and he scored the winner. And yeah, I was thinking, was like, he was. I was like, I'd love to get him. I didn't really think we would pay the money from. I was thinking he would be around the twenty million mark at the time. And just looked like an absolute handful, but it was a panic buy. It was, yeah. it was an overpay. I wouldn't say it was a panic buy. I'd say Torres really wanted him, obviously. Yeah, we only wanted him because Torres was going to go, but we wouldn't have let Torres go until we got him. It was all kind of hinged. Well, this is a, according to Liverpool now that they said that his the price tag they were willing to pay for him was dependent on what they got for Torres. So they wanted him and fifteen million. So the fact that he cost 35, they got 50 for Torres. In their mind, it wouldn't have mattered if they paid 25 for Carroll and got 40 for Torres. Yeah, yeah. Um, just to finish off the football chat, unless anyone wants to bring, in, bring anything else up, but just to finish off, cheer that Raul has announced that he'll retire at the end of the season here when he finishes up with the MLS season. I heard that yesterday. Yeah, I heard it yesterday. Kind of sad that he's kind of doing it out of touch when such a legendary striker. Yeah. It kind of went underneath the radar, didn't it? Yeah, it would have been nice if um, if he could have had kind of his last game at the Bernabeu at Madrid, but they kind of get rid of you when they're finished with your type of thing. There's not many players that finish their career there. No, Ronaldo has said he wants to at 40, <laughs> but um, I've also heard he's been linked to PSG as well. So, Did you uh, see the computerised picture of Ronaldo managing Madrid <laughs> 20 <laughs> years from now? Still look incredibly cool. <laughs> Pretty much, just, just a little bit more silver and... Uh, in a blazer yeah. if anyone could pull it off probably Ronaldo yeah I think they had him to be in charge in 2035 and then Ramos in 2045 so <laughs> they also had Messi in a Barca uh, blazer managing that club who did this was Paddy Power uh, I, I can't remember who it might have been I, I think it was Paddy Power did him Paddy Power there you go yeah okay and anyone want to bring anything else up in football no, I'm good this week. No, no. Um, so quick uh, UFC chat. I know Stephen, you have a few questions for Chris there. Just mainly, what the hell is going on with the UFC Dublin card? To be honest, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it's deteriorating unfortunately. Um, the highest ranked fighter on the card, uh, Stipe Miocic, pulled out with an injury. This was on the co-main. Um, he was due to fight Big Ben Rothwell, so. Temporarily, Rothwell was left on the card, and they were looking for someone to fight him. Um, Matt Mitrione was one of the, the fighters that offered to take the fight. Um, he did fight Ben not that long ago and didn't do very well. He was, he was fairly quickly submitted. I would would have been happy to see the fight again. Just would have been nice to see two two big heavyweights going at it. But unfortunately, that fight never materialised, and they've since pulled Ben off the card. So they have now moved Norman Park from the prelims to the main event, or the main card, sorry. And now Paddy Hulahan against Smolka is the co-main. Uh, Joe Duffy and Poirier is still the main event. What happens in that case with the fighter who is was training for a fight and now just doesn't have him anymore? Does he get compensated? Or? Usually you get your show money as far as I, as far as I know. 
which we like your appearance money. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sure on it. Um, generally, yeah, it's not the guy's fault. Like, he'll kind of, he's, he's available, he would have fought, like, he misses out on a paid deal. They do look after him. I'm not sure if they get the full amount, though. Um, if a fighter doesn't make weight or something like that for something like that and the fight's cancelled then the, his opponent gets the full money and a portion of the fighter who didn't make weight's money yeah. and the fight would usually still go ahead but I'm not sure exactly how it works with a fight being cancelled but he would get some kind of compensation for it cool yeah anything else? no guy any questions you want to have about UFC? no 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 Cool. Um, so moving forward to the regular end of the show. Um, so, so as we look at the bet of the week first, and uh, Gary, you're placing it this week because we came oh so close last time, as we know. So, uh, who yeah. have we gone for this week? Uh, this week was City, uh, City Southampton, Arsenal, uh, Palace, and Liverpool. Okay, and what sort of returns are we looking at? Uh, off off the forty euro bet, the returns just over eight hundred euro. Excellent, excellent. So that would be a uh, one quarter or one semi final. Yeah, I think Glenn so and I can... discussed it. We could either either get one cat A ticket for me <laughs> or uh, two cat B tickets. The pair of us would go. So, uh, so what if, if you'll cover four cat C tickets? If those listening at home want to kind of join us, uh, if you put a tenner on that, it's about nineteen to one. So you get about two and a quid back. I'll cover most of it. Are you drinking over the back holiday weekend for the semi final? For the first night. <laughs> for the first night. Depends <laughs> <laughs> where you drink. <laughs> uh, but so, uh, after coming oh so close last weekend or two weekends ago, here's hoping that uh, we improve this weekend. Um, so then, moving on, a quick fantasy football update. So, as I kind of alluded to earlier, in my ultimate team, Aguero is injured for me, but also kind of our, a lot of my team. My reserves are all out, <laughs> a few of them. Three or four of them are long-term, season-long injuries. Uh, then on my on my kind of bench, I've got two that are doubtful and another two that are already playing week one. So I've only got about three or four subs that I can actually make. So uh, thankfully, I can still feel the full team, though. But um, It does give me and Chris a chance to close the gap a little bit. It does. I, I believe Chris is struggling gap. as well, though. Yeah, I've got the, the same problem, Glenn. As all my reserves are injured and two of my subs are keepers. Of which one plays in week one anyway, so, or in game one, so I can't can't avail of his services. But I'm hoping that the, some of the fringe players can step up. Yeah, Stephen? Um, lost some players of the shot for the season of Guerrero for a while. Some of the Man City players are doubtful. I can feel a full team and a full bench as of yesterday. Maybe more have gone down, I'm not sure. Um Chance to close the gap, hopefully. Yeah, and then the regular one now, I, I had my team set up there, I think it set up yesterday, the day before, and then I see that uh, collar off is now out as well. So I could put another spanner in my work. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I have to bring all the V-Weld in now to play against Liverpool, and we all know Spurs will probably concede. <laughs> and um, I don't mind now that Eric Dyer is suspended. So. <laughs> I've also brought in the dancing man, so that's uh, two reasons to hold it's that. that in for Aguero, is it? Yeah, it is. Um, four weeks is too much to leave Sit. Sergio sitting on the bench. So. I'm in for Pella instead of Aguero. Pella. Haven't forgotten Sergio's fit. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, Gary, you made any changes? Uh, yeah, I only made one. I took Pedro out after 
after he did nothing against Southampton and brought De Bruyne in so hopefully he'll get a few against Bournemouth De Bruyne in is a good shot I've had him for a while now and he's a He's been he had him for captain last week for me and stuff. He's been reaping the reward, rewards for me, especially when you haven't got Aguero. Especially when you haven't got Aguero, as well, yeah. Um, okay, so um, the question of the week: Have you been thinking about it? Well, I know the first part. So go on. What's the first part? Um, can I have the question again, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in the 2007 Rugby World Cup, Argentina finished third. So the question was. Who did they lose to in the semi-final, and what was the score? Okay, I think they lost to South Africa in the semi-final. Okay. And they lost... 18... or 26-9. 26-9. Gary, who did they lose to, and what was the score? Um, I think it was... I think it was France, and I'll go... uh, 21-10. 21-10 and Stephen finally I agree with Chris that it's South Africa um, I think it was a bit closer I'm going to go 28-18 28-18 so you say 28-18 uh, fair 28-18 yeah so a 10 point gap and Gary you said it was an 11 point gap yeah and Chris I said 17 a 17 point gap so Sorry, Stephen. Chris is the closest this week. Playing. He's quite close with the gap now. So, sorry, Gary. It was South Africa <laughs> that they lost to. And it was 37-13. So, yeah, quite a big gap. Percy kicking uh, plenty in that match as well. <laughs> yeah, so, um, it was, what, 24 points? So... Chris, uh, by, by, by seven points, did you get the point because it's a seven-point loss? Or do, or do I get the point finally? You do not get a point. <laughs> You're not asking much harder questions. I'm pretty sure points. you went with Francis uh, along with Gary. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, Chris pulls ahead. He does. He does. So, uh, you'll have to up your game next week to kind of get back on track. And Gary needs to up your game to get off the, the leaderboard, get off the get a point. <laughs> I'll manage it before the end of the season. Oh, that's good to hear. Good to hear. <laughs> it doesn't bode well if you're cheating and still getting the <laughs> <laughs> um, So yeah, that's it for another week of uh, One More Round. So um, we're all going to be cheering on the boys of green this weekend again. It's going to be a huge game. And uh, fingers crossed that we can uh, get the win that brings us into the semi-final for the first time ever. So I just want to say thank you all for joining us again this week and uh, come on you boys in green. Until next week, goodbye.